yourself lucky to have fallen in love with a girl, the city and the river of mud. Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our campaign is entitled Crescent City Nights, and Kurt LeBlanc is our GM. This is episode 13, and Joshua Hoop will be giving his recap as Remy Pascal. So, without further ado, como son notre voyage dans le teneb. Josh? Dear General, it's difficult for me to reflect on the events that have befallen what I now consider to be my very dear friends and I during the last several months. I cannot possibly overstate the fear and discomfort now, that now haunts my every evening. It would seem that the wretchedness of the walking dead and an ancient dread pirate curse were not enough to assuage the evil fates that seem to plague my beloved city as of late. Now this, uh, this time, something equally, if not more sinister, appears to be in play. Were it not for the mysterious Green Crescent Society, perhaps we may have chalked these events up to cruel happenstance, but instead I fear we may have become privy to something far more dark and sinister, which now extends far beyond the simple pleasures of Bourbon Street. As my companions and I have continued to, de to delve into the grisly murders we stumbled upon just a short time ago, it has become more apparent that something dark, almost of an occult nature, is at play. You see, one of the deceased, this Mordecai Waitley from Professor Fontenot's hometown of Arkham, Massachusetts, has decided to curse my beloved New Orleans with his foul presence. After a brief search of his disheveled living quarters, we discovered a number of ghastly statues that confirmed my worst fears regarding Waitley's involvement in some sort of cultish affair. Five statues of a disturbing nature and a number of strange receipts of purchase that have led us to our present state. My companions and I have questioned representatives of the morgue, the zoo, a hotel, a pottery shop, a pawn shop, and most recently a small cafe in search for our answers as to what exactly this Waitley was up to. The receipts and clues found in Waitley's dormitory appeared promising on their face, but have produced little in the way of results. The one small lead we've been able to pursue has been the result of my relationship with a popular man in the quarter by the name of Santiago. Santiago, the owner of the cafe where Waitley spent a fair portion of his time, naturally guided my companions and I towards a line of inquiry with this stalwart of the community, but to little avail. However, our lack of productive leads elsewhere has led us to stake out Santiago's cafe and hoping in hopes of detecting some unusual occurrences. This has rewarded our assumptions tenfold. What we witnessed the evening of our stakeout has more than justified our suspicions. Santiago and his intimidating doorman have been running late night meetings with an odd assortment of patrons lasting well into the evening. Murders outside his establishment, Santiago dodging our questions, odd patrons in the middle of the night whispering arsenic to the doorman, and the cafe windows blacked out to the world. What else could be happen happening in this seemingly innocent cafe? My companions and I agreed that our need to understand what is happening in these strange instances is important, but we are unsure of how to proceed. Do we force our way into this occult event? Do we attempt subterfuge? Or is there another way? It seems to me that more than a simple barkeep should have to manage, but I suppose these are the moments that fate has thrust upon me and my friends. Dear General, I suppose I have retained a quiet sense of optimism up to this point, but given the circumstances, I can only pray my dear companions and I escape this encounter unaffected, and that I may submit at least one more entry into your weathered pages. Nice. Good job. 
I want to meet this general. <laughs> he probably has a little Van Dyke and. <laughs> yeah. I imagine I, I imagine him like uh, founding a, a fried chicken franchise. Yeah, <laughs> like a, like the Colonel. Like the Colonel. Would you see the general? But this time with nine original spices. <clears throat> all right. So, are we all still outside? Um, so, so where we ended last time, you guys had kind of saw what you needed to see and we're deciding what you were going to do next. Okay. So we're still outside figuring out what we want to do. Um, I don't think we can all go up there. That would look weird. I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't. Maybe if we all went up there and they said, and just said that we were friends of Mordecai and, uh, we, want we have in. seen people come up there in multiples. Well, John, John Jerry has already given it a shot, right? So they know who he is at this point. He he had walked up to the door last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see if I, to see what, didn't well. <laughs> well, you you just went to the door to ask if more or less if everything was okay. Yeah. So there wasn't really any cause that. You you went to ask if uh, what was going on. Uh, the man at the door told you he told you his name was Juan, and that he that uh, Mr. Hernandez was entertaining guests. Well, I've got an Arkham connection. I I don't know if that would mean anything to them, but it should. Um. I don't know. Maybe I'm being overly cautious. What do you all want to do? What What should we do? Try. Well, we're I armed. Think, like last time, um, like I had the idea that um, that we we could go up to uh, what's his name? Um, guy, the guy, uh, is that one? The guy, Santiago, the right? San, Santiago. Santiago. Yeah, the one with in the cafe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, perhaps we can go up there um, and like just talk to him, and maybe I could put on some some of my charms or whatever and get him to try to invite me to this shindig of theirs. Let him know that you know I'm looking for for merchandise to sell at my my place, some rare books or whatever. That might, that might work. You know, yeah, maybe you could play up the fact that you're not really, you just met us and you saw some of the artifacts that we recovered from Mordecai and you're really interested in. Yeah. For your own, for your own reasons. Yeah. And then you could just say, can I bring some friends? <laughs> I don't know. Sure. Yeah, it's. I think it's it's a less risky approach. We'll at least be able to gauge their openness to outsiders that way. Um, well, there's a considerable there there there's a possible danger because if 
I kind of constructed the scenario in my head that Mordecai had attempted to steal something from uh, this place by replacing it with a fake. Um, my guess is he got caught and they broke his legs and threw him out the window and you know that 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 big guy there Juan he looks like the kind of a person who could break your legs or break your ankles um, but why the ankles I don't know why, that why not just break your nose maybe they threw him out the window and he hit the ground and broke his ankle hmm. Anyways, we got to do something. So I think that, that that your idea is probably the best one because you're the, the least suspicious. If only we hadn't gone there and chatted with them. We were trying to find out some information. Well, maybe, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe he now knows that we are interested. Yeah, I I say we work that angle, and you know, if all else fails, it's not like we can't still try and go to the go to the event the next evening. Right. Assuming there's one, I guess. Well, we don't know that it happens every evening. That's but, true. Uh, true. Um, maybe yeah, maybe so. Well, so why don't we why don't we leave then and come back uh, tomorrow and talk to Santos? Yeah, I'm in for that. Oh. Rose. Uh, would you would you uh, care to join me? That's uh, the two of us. But uh, why? I do believe I would. You know, I'm, I'm also going to uh, wire my uncle for some Christmas spending money. To be perfectly honest, this might not have anything to do with the murder of Mordecai. That may have been incidental. That might have happened. Well, you say he was. From a, a bad source, right? We know he was from. We know he was a Waitley. He came here from Arkham. He purchased some occult items. Uh, he paid for them in, fa in family gold, uh, and that he most likely visited this place. And this is where he obtained those things. So far, none of that is illegal or nefarious. He ended up with a prostitute and murdered. Like I say, that might not have anything at all to do with this. That uh, that ar arsenic symbol on his arm, though, is pretty a pretty interesting connection, given the oh, password. Definitely. Yeah, definitely, he was here, and of course, it wasn't. It was painted on. It wasn't uh, right. Was it, was it some, <clears throat> uh, something tattooed? Yeah. Okay. So we're all going to retire for the evening then, and then show yeah, back I'm, up. I'm, I'm beat. and it's what like two thirty, three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's middle of the night at this point. Well, why don't we all meet for lunch here at Santos's at the Dinner Dark Brew? I mean, we're not going to have lunch here; it's on the coffee place, but brunch. Brunch. I'm sure he sells beignets. We have a connoisseur of those amongst us. Well, it's the best croissants in the city. To hear him tell it, croissants. Those are delicious. All right. So that's what we're going to do. I guess we're going to retire for the evening. And before I go to bed, I'm going to do a little more delving into the, the text that I have. 
I forget which one it is. Is it Uno Sprackley and Coulton? Mm-hmm. And Rose, you've got the other book, right? Uh, I believe so. Or did I give that to you, Alicia? I can't remember. I think you still had it. Okay. Yeah, in the case, I'm going to read a little more of mine, too. Okay. Both of you guys should, if you're going to go home and delve back into the book, go ahead and make a sanity roll. I got a nine. 45. Yep, made it. You made it? Okay. Uh, take one sanity. Because, uh, again, as before, the more you read, the more you want to read. It's cumulative, yeah. And you don't understand any of it, but you are starting to comprehend it. Okay. It's sinking in. Oh, my God. I just, I cannot put this down. Oh, but I need to. All right, the rest of you, are you just uh, retiring for the evening, going home? Are you doing anything else tonight? Well, no, it's it's too late or early. Yeah. Do anything. Okay, cool. So we can um, fast forward. What what time do you want to try and be up and meet for the next day? Well, we said lunch, so yeah. Say noon. Okay. So do you all come in together? Yeah. Okay. So you come in together. Uh, the place is um, there, there's a few patrons. The the breakfast coffee rushes is done. People are at work. Uh, there's people kind of coming in and out. Um, people coming in to buy uh, Santos's fa- famous croissants. Uh, and uh, as uh, as you guys come in and, and the, the, you hear ding, uh, you see Santos. He's behind the counter just like before. He's got like his apron, his white apron on, and um, you know it looks looks just like he did before. And, and as as the door opens, he says, "Hey, uh, uh, welcome in." Uh, to the uh, to the room, my friends. And then he looks up and he sees it's you guys, and uh, you you notice just a little perception of like his face changes for just a second mm-hmm. into like that look of annoyance that you saw before, and then the big smile comes back. He says, "Hey, it's the uh, it's the uh, amateur detective crew. Ah. How oh. you doing, my friends? Good evening. Oh, afternoon. Good afternoon. Afternoon. Yeah. Wait. I know you can't stay away once you get a sip of my uh, cafe au lait. That's uh, good. Certainly. Oh. And we want to try some of those famous croissants. Oh, croissants best in the city. <laughs> What's that? And then, and then he, uh, he'll take all, all of your orders in turn. So, I mean, I guess, um, we're, I guess we're all sitting at like a booth or something like that. Um, at some point, I'm going to... Um, Excuse myself. I'll run to the restroom, freshen up a little bit, make sure my makeup is done done well. And um, I guess as I'm getting up, I'll uh, I'll like grab on um, Rose's arm as and you know kind of uh, pull her towards the the restroom like ladies do. Yeah. And as I pass by, I'm gonna see if he's like notices us or anything, and. Um, if he does, I'm going to like smile at him and whisper something to Rose, and then we'll giggle or something like that. We'll run to the restroom. Um, while we're in there, uh, I'll ask her, "How do you want to approach this? Do you do you want to start off, or should I start off?" Well, 
I wired my uncle for some money, so I've got some to throw around. So I'm thinking I'll buy everyone uh, a round of croissants. Okay. And that can uh, be, that can be something to get him in a good mood to start off. Yeah, yeah. And is he is he working by himself or does he have like a like a helper with him? He's kind of doing all the stuff. There is another um, uh, another young guy who's in the uh, you know he's bussing tables and stuff like that, bringing bringing people out their food. Santos is working behind the counter, and he'll come out every once in a while and, and help bust a table. Like he's a, a roll up the sleeves kind of guy. All right, is the uh, is the other guy uh, attractive? Hey, yeah, but he's just a kid, like a teenager. Hmm. Oh, okay. And no sign of the big guy, huh? Uh, you don't you don't see you don't oh. see one. All right, so um, yeah, let's 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 uh, let's let's try to do this. Okay. If we can get them into a good mood, then maybe, um, yeah, maybe I can carry it on from there. I'll, I'm going to try something anyway. So. Well, just uh, curiosity, what what is like what does a croissant cost? Nineteen twenty six, a nickel. A nickel, okay. So I will take out a couple of dollars. Say these croissants are so good. I would like to buy one for everyone here. Oh, look um, how generous you are! <laughs> uh, oh, this is so delicious. I, I remember you from yesterday. You, uh, you ladies, uh, as uh, Miss Martinez and 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 your friend uh, um, uh, was it Renee? Oh, you mean Remy? No, he's talking to you. It says, I'm trying to trying to remember your name. I, it's like I know Miss Martinez from from the shop. Oh, my name, <laughs> Rose. Oh, Rose. <laughs> um, my apologies. Uh, no, it's, it's not. It's not all the time. I, I see so many uh, beautiful women. It makes me forget myself. <laughs> oh well, you go on. Yeah, he says it's not. And I'll, I'll, I guess I'll paint a like a blush or something like that when he when he says something like that. Like when he calls us beautiful. Like so, um, what do you, what do you, what do you up to, um, after after you get off? After I get off, what the, what do you mean? You uh, you looking for a date? <laughs> well, and, and he stops his fingers. This is Louis. I'll bring. He's like, come, come get uh, Miss Rose's uh, croissants. Uh, one for uh, all of her friends. Um, can I? As we're talking, can I try to perceive whether or not he's sort of lightening up or is this sort of a still like a false thing that he's putting on for for his customers, for us basically? Like is it I mean, is he is he starting to be a bit more cheery or is he kind of like uh Well he's, he seems perfectly cheery. He's flashing you a big smile. You could make a psychology roll if you would like. Okay. See if, see if there's more yeah, uh, we'll under the surface there. Oh, man. I just I missed it by one. Can I spin a luck point? Sure. Ooh, I got 21. I made that. You, um, he, 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 you see, like, a, you know, he, he appears kind of, he has, like, this goofy demeanor, obviously. Um, but you, 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 you're perceptive enough to 
you see in his eyes, he's very calculating. Okay. He doesn't necessarily seem annoyed. Like that, that there's a flash of that sometimes. There was when you met him before, and they're like, if you were, if you saw him when you first came in, you might have noticed a flash in his eyes. But he just, in his eyes, he just appears very smart. All right, well, what I'll do is um, she'll order the croissants. Um, I'll get like a cappuccino or something like that. And I'll, I'll like make small talk. Um, I'm just trying to lighten him up and sort of get him off his, his guard a bit. And then what I will end up doing is while everybody is eating and dining and everybody's having a good time, I will... Um, I will broach the question about um, about the, you know trying to get a inside of this uh, this private book club of his. I I'll bring it up by saying um, I'll ask him. Really, looks like business is is, is going well for you. Um, well, and, every, everybody in town loves the brew. It's, you know, uh, everybody knows about our croissants. Uh, you you had said something about uh, mentioning tonight. Is there uh, something uh, a, a good jazz band or something playing around town? I was looking for something a bit more. I don't know. Uh, quiet. Um, it looks. I mean, while your your business looks like it's booming, mine's is well. It's it's kind of slow. Um, I've got some. I mean, I, I run in a cold shop. Um, some people come in for candles and things like that. Some some herbs and, and incense and stuff like that but um, lots of those shops in the french quarter yeah i'm trying to pull in um some more customers and i wanted to extend my uh my book supply now i couldn't have you know i couldn't help but over here uh the other day that um you know of a place where you might know of a place where i can get my hands on some really fine, really rare copies of books. I was wondering if you could point me in the direction. Mm, he says, uh, Lu he says, Luis, come, come take the register. There's a couple customers that are, that are getting in line behind you and he calls Luis over to uh, man the register and he'll step out and he says, I'll, I'll be back in just a few minutes. And, uh, and he'll, he'll come out from behind it and he'll, he'll actually guide you um, into like there's like a little nook that a little hallway that goes back towards the restroom kind of out of out of earshot um, go ahead and make a uh, either a charm or a persuade roll whatever you right. about the same so. oh my god all right so that's a fail but I'm willing to try to push it okay so can I can I help? Can I kind of follow and help with it? Yeah, what 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 are you gonna say? And then as as you're walking, he says uh and, and you get into the nook before you make your push roll. Uh he says, uh why don't you uh you, you, now you see like once he's out of earshot and, and plain view, after you roll those dice, uh you definitely see like a look of mm, should we call it menace? on his face. So he's mm. not smiling anymore. He says, um, he says, is there a certain reason that you would be uh, asking me about, you know, where to find these kind of books? 
Well, the thing here is like, we, we all work around the same area. And I mean, I love to see business booming. And I just, you know, I was just looking for a bit of help, you know, finding, uh, if, if my shop were to be on the map for uh, being able to procure some lesser known tomes, might boost my, my, my business, might make me a little bit of, uh, of money. And that's all I'm really looking for. I'm just looking for a, a little help. Okay. Go ahead and make your push roll now. And Rose, what would you, what would you add? I would say. Um, All right. So that's a 25 out, out of 35. So the push roll works now. With a push, do you have to get a hard or, or better? How does that work? No, it's just same, same degrees of success. Okay. Depending on the difficulty. And by push, um, while his attention might be on Rose for a second, I kind of boost my uh, myself up a bit. So I'm, I'm pushing my role mm -hmm. up a bit, trying to make myself look a little bit more appealing. Okay. Uh, would you describe Alicia as ample? Yeah. Okay. Just so we're all clear. Yeah, she, uh, I imagine that she looks uh, like uh, Rosario Dawson. Okay. Yeah. So, Rose, what are you? Uh, what, what are you uh, adding to the conversation as we get into well, the what book? I'll, what I'll say is, uh, oh, I get so bored of all the usual places. You know, I've been to every place in town, but nobody has anything interesting anymore. Okay. And. I, I can't help but wonder if maybe you know something more interesting. Mm. <clears throat> okay, and, and so he, you know, his his um, yeah, his face that, that look of menace is starting to soften a bit, and he says, uh, you, "You know, ladies, uh, there's nobody a uh, bigger supporter of, of business in the French Quarter than uh, than Santos. Uh, you know, the there's lots of uh, occult, you know, so-called occult and uh, voodoo shops around a uh, uh, plenty, and uh, you know uh, everybody's looking for a way to put a, a unique spin, shall we say, on the business. And and uh, but you know, there's uh, you got to be a little bit careful uh, when you put in uh, certain kinds of books on the shelves. You know, you know, uh, um, uh, you don't want to attract the wrong kind of attention from the uh, the archdiocese or or the police. And uh, you know, we want to oh, keep. No. Uh, you want to you want to keep everything on the up and up, shall we say? Of course, of course. Yeah, I just the thing here is like you know my 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 folks they used to own a shop and they're retired now. They they left it to me, and you know I want to do them proud. You know I want to make sure that um, them passing their shop on to me wasn't like a waste or anything. And so far, I'm not doing as well as. I could be, and I mean, any any sort of boost, any sort of help would, would be definitely appreciated. I mean, I'm not, I don't, you know, I'm not trying to get into anything too dangerous or anything like that. Like, I don't know, Satanism or anything like that. I mean, folks around here, some people believe in a voodoo, some people think it's it's nonsense. You know, I'm 
I and when you wanted... say when you say Satanism, he makes the sign of the cross. He says, "Oh, heaven forbid." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing like that. But I mean, no, no, certainly not. It's just you know, I you know when I when I heard about you know hear about something like rare books, I'm thinking, okay, that might be able to you know I might be able to send, you know make some flyers or something like that, letting people know I've got some new and interesting stock. Might just boost my uh, boost my finances a bit. No, this kind of merchandise uh, I, I hear tell uh, these merchandise, these uh, these items, these tomes as you say uh they, they don't come cheap you know well you know every every business needs uh no no they you, you need some sort of investment everyone knows you have to spend money to make money exactly you know i i hear tell that there is a a, a place that's uh uh caters to the the rich and the uh, the uh, sort of um, how did you say exclusive clientele? People are come from all, all over the place looking for these kind of items. Uh, I, I hear there is uh, such a place in the in the French Quarter. Oh, really? Now, tell us more. Uh, have you as you ever heard of the the Shadow Stacks? Hmm. Yeah, let me, let me ask you this. Before uh, I met any of you folks here, and I mean, I'm asking the GM, would I have heard about it? Or would it have just been a rumor? Or would, it, would this just be something I would have never heard of? In the, in the kind of like book hounding or accounts, occult circles that, that you, you would be familiar with or that, that Rose might run in, uh, it, there's been like urban legends of that kind of thing. Like, you know, there's always uh, urban legends of uh, secret uh, bookstores. It's kind of like how, you know, every town has the urban legend of a haunted house where it's so scary that it's $50 to get in. But if you make it through, they'll give you your money back at the end and that kind of thing. Think yeah. of like, you know, all the, the urban legends that we've all heard, that, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, so there, there is always like talk of like secret places where you can get the real voodoo stuff or the real okay. occult stuff or the real books. Yeah. So when he that's asked that, I'll, yeah. So so when he asks, you know, he, he asks me that, um, I'll say, you know, it's you know, I don't think this place is real. It's it's pretty much a rumor. You know, it's yeah. But are you saying it's real? Yeah. What if I was to tell you that uh, uh, such a place is is real and and also closer than you may think? Oh. Yeah. But again, very discreet. Of course. Very much for uh, exclusive clientele. Well, of course. I mean, if, 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 I, if I do get, um, if I do purchase anything from there, I mean, if that becomes a source for me. Of course, I'm going to be discreet, you know. Um, don't want anybody else being able to go other places, you know, instead of me, so. Um, would you be willing to uh, tell us you know, where we you know, might find the shadow steps? I tell you what. Come back here after eleven o'clock tonight. You meet my friend Juan Murto at the door. You give him the password, arsenic. 
he'll let you in. Wow. Okay. He'll take you. He'll take you there. All right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try to have. Well, I'm gonna have a a genuine, like, uh, expression of uh, like I'm impressed. I'm like, wow. I mean, I guess this is like really exclusive with secret passwords and stuff. So I'm like, okay. Well, I'll see. Password. Oh. And I'm trying not to jump up and down, clap me like a seal. Oh, oh, be the soul of discretion. Thank you. Bring, bring your money. Oh, I will. Definitely. Ladies, he walks off. All right. Hey, what can I get for you? He, he tells the next customer uh, that's waiting at the registry. Heads up. And he's back with his his chair. His cheerful demeanor. Okay, so we'll return back to the table and we'll let let folks know that we have a boy uh, in. But I mean, we're not going to say that out loud or anything like that. But I'll sort of nod to the rest of you guys. Like, okay, we're we're set. Um, you women take so long in the bathroom. <laughs> but um, it's worth it, Professor. It's worth it. So we headed out now? Yeah, we'll finish up our stuff. We're not going to rush out, but we'll finish up our stuff and uh, we'll leave. Um, Enjoy our guys, wonderful croissants. Yeah. Um, where do we want to go from here? I mean, we can set up a, how we want to approach the rest of this. So, do we want to stop at my shop? Do we want to go somewhere else? Was there anything else anybody else needed to do? Well, let's go back to your shop and discuss what we're going to okay. do exactly. So you guys now have access. Yeah. But you're going in without any of us's protection. What's... Right. Oh, so... I do have my 38. We will tell you what we'll do. We'll hide outside similar to the way we did yesterday. And if we hear you guys scream out at any moment or fire a gun, we're going to come bust down the door. But say before we, before we go there tonight, I'll head back to my shop and get a big coat and my shotgun. <laughs> Just hang out in the alleyway and wait for trouble. I'm wondering too, what if like, I like the mask idea. If I throw on a big dark trench coat or maybe a big fur coat and put a, a mask and a hat and just show up like some creepy thing, I'll wear my one with the big long nose. Well, he didn't expressly say that they couldn't bring anyone else, but they didn't ask either. Right. But I mean... If um, if it's if it's a problem, I mean it shouldn't be that much of a problem because we can simply say that oh these gentlemen are here to as our escorts, you know we're young ladies going out in the evening. Well, he knows the professor might be interested in stuff like this. We can always say that. Uh, we can always say that. We invited him that he also promised to be the soul of discretion. 
Yeah, I would say if if you take anyone, probably the professor's worth taking. Um, Santiago knows me pretty well and isn't a huge fan of my business. And John Jerry revealed himself last night. From your story, though, you promised him that you would be discreet. And now you'll have been telling, telling somebody else. I mean, now, granted, we, you know, Rose and I could go by ourselves and you guys can hang out here. I mean, Professor, do you have money that you could throw around at this thing? Because if you show up with money, I'm sure they'll accept you. I, uh, I think I will come separately in disguise. I'll be a rich patron that does not want anybody to know who he is. You know what you could do? You could... Well, I mean, he would probably still think that we told you. But I, what I was going to say is you could wait for, you know, another group of people to come up or another person to come up, say the password, and they'll be, like, right behind them. So if anything is asked, you, you know, you could say it, simply say, oh, well, you know, I use the same password as this gentleman here or this young lady here, you know. Um, it might be it might be worth it too to do a, a stock of you know we haven't really talked about about money much but remember that you know like you don't know what all may or may not be being sold here but you know the kind of books that you you know at least think you're looking for that you got from Watley remember what the price tag was on those for for 1920s prices right like that could definitely challenge your credit rating you know even even with a a wire from from the uncle remember Watley had to sell a you know you know, in Smith oh, gold. Yeah. To, yeah. You know, we're talking about the equivalent of thousands of dollars. It's hundreds okay. of dollars, but it was thousands of dollars in that day and age. Yeah. Now, did they use like personal checks back then? Probably the not. No? I don't know. That's a good question. You try and bounce a check there? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it hasn't hasn't really been invented yet, you know, the, the, the rubber checks. Right? So my, my, guess, my guess is that the dark alley occult backroom sales is probably a cash business. <laughs> it's my guess. Yeah, probably. And, uh, and, and square pay as well, though. That's right. Venmo. My yeah. credit rating is 65, so I probably have some cash, a decent amount of cash. Um, now we have to ask. Uh, we have to ask one final question before we do this. What are we looking for? Well, I know we're looking for that statue. And what if we find the statue? Does it does it answer any of our questions except that this is where it happened? Um, now remember too, all, all of this started, and, and John Jerry, you've been kind of quiet so far, but all of this started with John Jerry as a murder police catching four bodies. Now remember he got taken off the case um, when, um, when, when they like, came to the conclusion that Cody at the, or uh, Congo at the zoo was to blame. Um, but ultimately what's at the root of this is still a, a murder investigation. If you right. follow it all the way back. So, John Jerry, where, where is your head? 
Okay, so what I was thinking, um, okay, actually, when you guys go inside, as Remy was saying, I think we should sort of you know, linger on the outside. You know, might even throw in like a dirty trench coat or something like that, sort of mixing with you know somebody's walking around drinking at night. Obviously, if something goes down, I'm gonna try to bring. Well, I was just gonna say, back then, would they have uh, and handheld radios, I guess, walkies or talkies or something? Um, probably in like the, the army, but. Yeah, like I'm just yeah. trying to think of. Okay, so if something's going on there, obviously I would have enough authority to go in and try to arrest somebody, call for backup. But basically what I want to try to do is, if shit does go down, how do I, you know, because it is, it's going to be late at night, either early in the morning or something like that. How can I get back up there? To me, to me, this is basically a reconnaissance mission, right? I mean, yeah. you go in. I, I'm just thinking on the side of, of caution, say if something bad goes down in there. So, like, yeah, I think I think if you and I want to hang out outside, yeah. well armed, so that if we do hear a scuffle or something crazy, we can yeah. go provide backup. But I think for the ladies and. Yeah. Professor Fontenot, it's really about understanding what is going on inside. Yeah. Can I? Can I make? So there is a side of trouble you guys can get at, then we can deal with things the next day. From the... can I make an assumption? Um, can we assume that no matter what time of night it is, there are beat cops walking about, you know, in different areas, and that if Jerry started. Uh, John Jerry started blowing his whistle. I was just I was just thinking that come from all different directions. If you heard a gunshot or if you heard something going on, you could make that assumption. I'm not going to confirm it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> remember it is it is the French Quarter. If cops are around, it's to collect their um, it's to you know collect the their It's to collect Remy's envelope. Yeah, right. But still, they're cops, right? I mean, Jerry would know how this all works. Yeah. Well, how about um, do to do, do, do. And, um, just my understanding of the law? I'm just going to do a roll just to see what what sort of the the protocol would be for something like this. If something was to go down during the night in this, if I know. I can find out how many officers there might be around this area. I'm sure it hap. I'm sure it happens occasionally. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I, I mean, I won't, I won't make you roll that. Um, okay. That's you, good you, <laughs> I mean, a normal protocol would be to, to call it in, right? Yeah. So either to, to, to commandeer someone's phone, if, you, if there's a place open with a phone, or to, or to find a payphone. Are yeah. there police boxes? Uh, not in a French Quarter. Yeah, I, I think we may be overthinking it a bit. I, I, it's it's a place of business, right? So theoretically, so right. there are chances of you guys getting murdered outright. Um, now you may not get invited back if you don't flash some money around, but um, right, I, I doubt they're going to kill their patrons. The uh, you so you so. Uh, uh, yeah, so the question is, you know, did he invite you there so that Juan Muerto could kill you, or, which is what he called him, or, you know, is he is he hoping to maybe get you involved in some business? Muerto is sure. death in Spanish, so. <laughs> Got 
that going for us. So uh, my costume is I'm going to wear a long black coat and uh, be completely bundled up and wear black gloves and have a cane and a mask, a Halloween mask and uh, a hat. So that basically I'm completely... Yeah, so, so unlike a cop, you can find a mask anywhere in the French Quarter. That is no problem for sure. There's lots of carnival shops and stuff like that from Mardi Gras. And I might paint the arsenic symbol on my hand so that when he asks me, rather than speak, I'll just show him. And if I do speak, I'm going to change my voice. And I'm also going to put on the finest jewelry that I have with me and uh, make myself up to look golden or as gold as I can possibly look. I'm going to take John Jerry's advice and get a dirty trench coat and a hat and try and bury my shotgun in there and hang out shadily in the alleyway. And what is uh, Miss Rosario Dawson, I mean, Alicia Martinez, going to do up for the evening? Um, Like maybe a, a, a black evening, you know, dress. Something that's, it looks business, but also looks good as well, so. Um, a, a lady in the streets, a cultist in the sheets is what you're saying. Like <laughs> I mean, I am also going to kind of cover up so I'm not walking around in the dead of night with a bunch of jewelry. Right. But so that I can show it at the door. Now, order. Should I go in first and then you guys show up 20 minutes later or? Sure. I mean, that that way, um, if you show up and you can't get in for whatever reason, right. we're, we've been officially invited, but All right. All right. Let's do it. Uh, let's do this. Okay. So, by the time you guys show up, then um, it will be, you know, kind of pretty similar to the prior night. Um, uh, it, you know, after dark, uh, you know, and the shop is closed. Pretty much the same same routine as as last night. You don't you haven't seen anybody else show up yet. You know, if, if you're if you're out there for a bit. Okay, I kind of look like the Baba Duck. <laughs> All right, so first up, I guess everybody's in place. I will. Uh, have we seen other people go up there? No. And it's uh, it's actually pretty quiet tonight. It's not, you know, there was sound like kind of raucous sounds coming from down the street last night and the quiet residential side this way where you are is kind of in between, you know, there are like drunks and stuff walking by tonight. It's, it's actually pretty quiet. Okay. If I speak, I'll speak in a German accent. Uh, and I will, uh, pepper my, my words with German. So I, uh, I, uh, look around, see if anybody's looking and then I hobble over towards the, uh, uh, the door uh, uh, hunched over a little bit so that I look like I'm an older person. Okay. And uh, I use my cane to wrap 
three times on the door. All right. Uh, well, at this point, I will do something I have not done yet in this campaign, which is have everybody except for the professor take off your headphones. I thought it was you to kill somebody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now I'll, I'll throw the thumbs up when it's time to. Okay. So, uh, so you go rap, rap, rap. Mm-hmm. It takes a moment and the door kind of creaks open. And there is the cowering figure of Juan Murto. Uh, he is huge. When you, once you see him up close, um, he is just, you know, massive and towering over you. Okay. And he, he looks down at you and says, password. I show him a symbol on my hand. Password. Arsenic. And he opens the door and says, welcome. So as he, so now you see the coffee shop dark except for candles on the tables. Um, so very eerie considering you know you've only seen it like during during the morning afternoon bustling, um, very very quiet. Um, uh, candles on the tables, which is you know the faint light that you saw coming from the the drawn blinds last night is what you can see. So he says, follow me. And the, the, the oak door with the two locks on it is open. And you follow behind him. He goes through the door, turns to the left. You actually see there's like a, kind of a, the, the courtyard in the middle, like you would expect from a, a French Quarter business slash house. And then he leads you up some stairs. Uh, once you get through the, the oak door, headed up the stairs, you start to smell pretty heavy incense. Um, and then he, he takes you up. And, and what, what you have here is is a bookstore. There's, uh, there's some shelves. Um, there is, uh, uh, so what you see at first glance is shelves with books that are freestanding. There's like two shelves that are freestanding in the middle of the room. It's not a huge room, but it, it would be like, imagine uh, like a big studio apartment kind of, or, or uh, like, a, like a loft apartment. Okay. So two or three bookshelves that are freestanding, another bookshelf against the wall that has some stained, like stained glass doors, a tape, like a couple reading tables, art on the walls, and then uh, a counter. And you see as, as below, so above, Santos is behind the counter, but this time he is, he looks like a different person. Instead of like his goofy, like, you know, uh, his white apron covered with flour, mm-hmm. he's got, um, he's got a, exquisite pinstripe suit on, gray pinstripes. His hair, instead of being kind of like playful and must, is slicked back and he looks up. Uh, Juan brings you to the counter and says, a potential new client master. And he says, Juan Marito, how many times did I have to tell you? Call me Mr. Hernandez. Juan says, yes, master. I mean, Mr. Hernandez. And he starts to walk off. Make a power roll 25 out of 60 so it's a, a hard okay as as Juan Muerto starts to walk away just for a second you catch a you catch a glimpse it's almost like a flash that makes you think like what did I what did I just see because instead of standing at the big man that was before you a moment ago, you see like a flash of, of just a horrible creature. So make a quick sanity roll. Well, 
what is my sanity? I got a 72 out of 54. All right, do a 1D3. So roll a D6 and 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Two points. Actually, one, two. It's a one point. Okay. I, I want to just take one more minute before we bring everybody up. We'll, we'll say we skip ahead of a few minutes. What is the, the what is the first thing you're going to do? Um, well, I'm, I'm looking at uh, Juan, and then I, I glance back at Santos. Yeah, and, and he, turn around, he walks away to start walking back downstairs. And then I turn around, and I, uh, I begin to go to the nearest shelf and start uh, – perusing as if I were interested in looking for something okay. with my gloved hand, you know, looking. And he, he comes, he comes over to you and says, welcome to the shadow stacks, my friend. And I, I glance back at him and, and then uh, I look back at the books and I just continue on. Okay, cool. All right, so we'll quit there. And, and I'm, we'll... I'm there mainly. I'm all there. I, I'm also armed. So if something happens with the ladies, I can uh, intervene. Okay. Ar armed with what? A pistol. Yeah, my uh, my twenty two, uh, semi automatic. All right. Hi, everybody. All right. So uh, Leon has been uh, uh, through the door for about 15 minutes now. Um, you haven't seen or heard of anything so far. All right, Alicia. Shall we? Let's shall. All right. So we'll approach. You want us to go headphones off again? Kurt? No, it's okay. <clears throat> okay. So uh, Rose and Alicia are headed to the door? Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. What are, you, are you knocking or? Yeah. We'll knock. All right. Knock, knock. Uh, door creaks open. And uh, you see the very imposing figure of, of Juan Marto. And he looks down at you and says, good evening, ladies. Good evening. Password. Hey. I, I will mention the word arsenic. He says welcome. And he opens the door. And uh, so when, when, he, when he opens the door, what you see is it's kind of eerie that you're normally used to seeing the, the coffee shop all busy and during the day. It's very dark, but there's candles that are on the table and they're lit. Um, so when you the previous night when you saw like just a little bit of light filtering out of the drawn blinds, it was from these candles that are now on the table. So he says, follow me. And um, he'll take you back through the, the oak door, which is now open, turns left down a short hallway and goes upstairs. As you start to climb the stairs, there's some more candles and you uh, have a heavy sense of incense. Once Juan reaches the top of the stairs and you're right behind him. You, you actually, do, it does open up into a, a bookstore, like a small bookstore. There are um, uh, about three shelves of freestanding bookcases that with books on both sides that are at the top of the stairs. 
Um, there is a bookshelf that's against the, the wall that has like stained glass doors on it. There's art on the walls and there is, um, uh, you see, you see Leon that's uh, like kind of just like browsing around and then you see Santos. He is cuts a quite a different figure than he did downstairs. Normally he's got his goofy ha hair all messed up and kind of like a boyish charm about him. He's got his like, you know, his, his cafe, she had a like chef's thing where he bakes the croissants with an apron on. Uh, he is wearing an impeccable uh, gray pinstripe suit and his hair is slicked back. Um, so he says, <clears throat> well, well, well. And I, I give him a smile. Aren't you dashing uh, And he says, ladies, and, and Juan says, uh, I have some new new customers, master. And he says, Juan, every time you call me master, I tell you, call me Mr. Hernandez. And he says, oh, I'm sorry, uh, master. I mean, Mr. Hernandez. Now, both of you guys, uh, after seeing Juan for this long, go ahead and make a power check. I got an 18 out of 80. Uh, oh, shit. That was zero. <laughs> okay. If you passed the power check, um, you, you notice like you, 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 you can't help but stare at one because he's just so huge. But just for a flash, almost it seems like you're, you're looking at something else. Instead of a, instead of a large man, it's a, a, a creature. And, and it, like it's this horrible looking creature and you're not sure what it is but it's just a, a flash but it's enough to just invade your mind so make a yeah. sanity roll uh, I passed that 70 out of 80 okay so you you, you, you have a start and, and Santa says ah he says it's okay ladies he says I know Mr. Muerto uh, does make quite a uh, an imposing figure the first time you meet him I mean, he's harmless I assure you and and so he he uh, Rose he takes your hand he says ah enchanté Rose oh <laughs> yes and then he says uh, he says Miss Martinez and he kisses your hand he says you truly do belong with us here in the shadows. I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> and he says, so welcome to the Shadow Stacks. I'm going to start looking. Yeah, I'll, I'll start browsing as well. And he says, before, before you all look around, he says, and he's like, and I'm sure you know uh, your friend, the professor. Now, Leon, you, you have not revealed yourself to him, but that's what he says. I'll look up. I was like, professor, what do you do? Yeah, it seems like carnival has come early this year, no? Oh, well. Well, you can I resist don't a know setup what like you this. are talking about. Damn you. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you dressed up in such a... Well, never mind. Whatever oh, throw do, me under the bus, thanks. Whatever you do <laughs> at night, you know, when you wander the streets, none of, none of my business. How much for this book? And, and, and then he calls out, he says, he says... Juan, no, no need to leave their friends hanging out in the street. Bring them in. Well, and that so, ruse is out the window. I mm -hmm. throw my cloak back. It is a, it is a delightful mask. 
You are a man of insight, I can see. Indeed. While this is going on, I'm looking around for the statue. We were not, oh yeah, good. So uh, a couple of things happen at this point. Juan says, yes, Master, or is it Mr. Hernandez? And then he, he walks downstairs. Uh, if, you, if you do a quick scan for the statue, you see the statue and you see, uh, I, I, what I gave you so far about the layout of the place is just your first glance from the top of the stairway. Um, there is a, uh, a, there's a bookshelf that's against the wall and everything in here is painted black. There's, uh, there's incense smoke. Um, the windows, there are windows that, that kind of, all the windows from on up, up the upstairs are painted black. And there's the bookshelf that's against the wall that, um, that has stained glass on it. It says, it's, it's, it's a great with special collection. On top of that bookshelf is uh, a, a statue, just like the one, uh, the ones that Mordecai had. Well, Mr. Hernandez, you've probably guessed that, well, ra rather, you, you must understand that we were trying to be cautious. We suspected already that uh, the Stax was here. Um, it is a wonderful little shop, no? It certainly it's has amazing. a lot of amazing things. Now, I do want to say also, not to cut you off, Tom, but when you, you did have a little bit of time before Rose and Alicia came up right. to kind of look around, and um, it got you salivating a little bit just from what you've seen. So the, the books that you saw on the, on the shelves, you haven't looked at anything the special collection has. It's a bookcase, but it has stained glass panels, and it's locked. But what you saw on the shelves that you were looking for, that you were looking at so far, there were a lot of books that really kind of got you a little excited. Rare books, uh, foreign languages, obviously. Um, yeah, different stuff like that. But um, I, we'll, we'll go through it a little bit more here in a, in a moment. Nothing, um, it, it was mostly books that you've heard of or heard about so far. Okay, let's cut back downstairs. Um, uh, the, uh, the door opens up again, John Jerry and Remy, and you see Juan Marto, he comes out a little bit. And he says, uh, he's like, uh, uh, you out here, your, your friends are waiting for you upstairs. Well, I was under the impression this was a private engagement, but I'm certainly happy to join join the, my colleagues upstairs, and I'll head into the door. Lead the way. By invitation only, Mr. Hernandez, my master has extended the invitation. So, uh, you see what... Um, uh, what I've already described as you go into the coffee shop around the oak door up the stairs. You two can make your power roll as well. I was going to say past a 10 out of a 50. Yep, I got uh, an 11 out of the 850. Okay. So as as you're kind of following Juan, as you look at him, he he is the, the you know probably the biggest man you've ever seen. But there is like something that kind of flashes as you're as you're uh, as you kind of see him up close, um, and you see uh, kind of almost like he, he like glimmers or shimmers, and just in your brain there's something like 
that's not right with with what he seems to be. You get just like a flash of, of some kind of like uh, just ugly, dirty creature and uh, make a sanity roll. Just something about uh, about this really rattles you. You're not sure like what you saw or if it was your imagination. If the whole scene's kind of creepy. I failed. I failed by 10. All right, go ahead and uh, do 1d3 sanity. So roll a d6 and one to two is one. Two, three. Three. One. One. All right. So you guys are a little bit rattled going upstairs. And you it makes you kind of want to like reach for your weapon. Yeah, just to be clear, he didn't disarm anybody or ask for our weapons or anything like that at this point. Okay. Okay. So while that's going on, let's go back in the moment of the sentence that Tom was about to start before I cut you off. I forget what it was. Um, I say to him, um, uh, you seem to already know a lot. Uh, my guess is that you have some insight because my my disguise was perfect and you saw right through it. Um, a good businessman knows his customers, Professor. You know that we're investigating uh, Mr. Waitley's and and those companions who were with him, their demise. We came into the possession of two books and a painting that he supposedly obtained from here. And and I look over at the statues, or at the statue, and I say. And if you don't mind my asking, what can you tell me about this? Uh, that's the one item in the store that's not for sale, my friend. But first, uh, what kind of uh, hospitality is this? I, I invite you into my, uh, into my, my business, you know, my, my side business. Uh, I welcome you into my home downstairs, give you the best croissants in the city. You come here, you bring all these guns into my store. We didn't know what to expect. Forgive us. Uh, uh, why don't we talk while we shop? Uh, maybe, maybe Juan holds on to the guns, eh? Well, I pull my gun out and I set it on the counter then. Uh, hello, Remy. How you doing, my friend? Yeah, just fine. See, seems like uh, business has been a little bit better than you've, you've let on up to this point. Yeah, uh, well, you know, business is business, we say, eh? Maybe we find you a new painting for the speakeasy. Certainly, uh, certainly not as a high roller as, as some of the other folks in this shop, but uh, we certainly care to take a look around. Well, that's okay. We we have a good chat, right? Mr. Hernandez, do you know who the author is of the uh, the painting, uh, The Rapture of the Debase? Uh, these authors, they, they come from all over the world, eh? It's quite a painting. It certainly is. Uh, just, just, just a painting, though. Looking at paintings never hurt anyone. I, I agree that the, the, the art on these walls, and, and if, you, it, it, if, you, if you start to scan the, the art, um, the rapture of the debase might be one of the more tame ones that would have come from here. Mm. Um, so you, we can kind of get in a moment, and, uh, and you guys can tell me how you, what you're looking at or looking for. Um, but, but he does say, uh, uh, Remy and, uh, and the, 
police detective. Uh, maybe you uh, had wind your guns as well, eh? Okay. I'll comply. So I'll Oof. take my, my shotgun out, out from underneath my coat and hand it to one. But, um... The same thing. I'm going to hand mine over. You, of course, said that it's not for sale, but, uh... What is this statue? It's my for my personal collection. Very old. Very old. Some sort of fertility deity. The very old, very unique. The kind of thing that uh, someone might attempt to steal. But again, not for sale for my private collection. My, uh, my Nina Negra. My, my prized artifact. What does that mean in English? Something black? Mm-hmm. I didn't hear the first part of it. He called it Nina Negra. Nina? Y'all type it. So, uh... Nina is girl. Nina is, yeah, little girl. Yeah. Um. Negra. What, where does it come from? What, uh, what culture? I don't actually know. It's, uh, it's very, very old. Um, uh, perhaps, uh, uh, perhaps, uh, uh, extra, ancient Middle Eastern. I, I, I don't, I don't exactly know. She's beautiful though, isn't she? She is. Now, as I look at it, I don't know if there would be any way to tell by glancing at it if it's new or if it's, in fact, ancient, if it's been replaced. There, does it does it have the similar flaws that the others had? It's kind of hard to see. It is it is kind of dark in here. It's not like a super well lit. Like it, this is mostly kind of candle lit from this place. There is like a couple electric lights that are that are dim. So and, and the statue is is higher than you could reach. So you couldn't just go grab it and pull it down. So again, it's on top of this bookshelf bookshelf that's against the wall that has kind of like these sliding stained glass panels in front of it and engraved in the top of the bookshelf is the word special collection. Um, I'm going to do something interesting. I'm going to reach my hand up, but not to the statue, to the top of the bookcase and run my finger over it and pull it back and see if there's dust on my fingers. You, you, could, you can't reach the top of the bookcase. Okay. Well, then the top, sh whatever shelf I can reach, I want to see if there's dust. And then I'm going to see if there's dust on the statue. I should be able to see if there's accumulation of dust. Okay. I'm trying to understand what you're trying to do. So What I'm trying to do is if it's, if it's the fake replacement, it wouldn't have dust all over it because it would only be a few days up there. If I'm testing the bookcase because he, of course, might dust every day, but then the bookcases would be clean. Okay. So, if so the bookcases are dirty and that's clean, I can assume it's the same. Okay. So the here's what happens as you as you as you start to do that. Now you there's let's just say the top of the bookshelf might be a little bit out of your reach, right? Okay. Like if if you reach up, um, there there isn't a there isn't a top shelf because it has a stained glass panel, so you actually can't see the books that are in this special collection. It has okay. these stained glass panels in front of it, but as you start to try. Santa says, ah, uh, professor, you, you, no, 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 no touching, uh, my Nina. Oh, I wasn't going to attempt that, but 
She doesn't um, like to be touched. And, I look up at her, and does she have dust on her? No. Has she been up there? You don't. You, you don't. I, I say to Santos, and I say, do you dust every day? Uh, the, the, the shop is exquisite. Uh, he says, I take care of my shop, sir. But that's all right. Are, are you looking for a, a job doing a cle- bookstore cleaning, perhaps? <laughs> Too late not paying so good these days. Are you sure? Well, I don't know if I want to go this direction, but I guess, what the hell? Um, are you sure that this is your original? Quite sure. My Nina, she does not like to be touched. What are the rest of you all doing? I'm browsing. So, so, so yeah, I, I want to see the sort of Rose is going to come with a stack of books like this. I'll take them. So as you're as you're kind of looking on the on the the bookshelves, you see you know nice copies of things that are um, like some of the books you would see on the shelves are things like the Golden Bough, uh, Malleus Malefactorum, uh, Oracles of Nostradamus, the Witch Cults in Western Europe. So all kinds of things that again make you salivate, you know, with the books you're looking at, especially Euros as a, as a book count. You're like ah, this is this is more like it. Mm-hmm. Now, how old do these books look? Do they are they do they have uh, like that? I guess uh, old feel to it, or is it kind of like the Golden Goblin reprints? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, so, all different ages. There are some that are that are newer printings, but there's a lot of old books here too. These are um, these are actually uh, just all all different ages of books that are on these shelves. Are they arranged in a certain way? Like older books are sort of uh, arranged together, whereas the newer ones are? They'd be arranged in kind of like a bookstore. If there's an author, uh, they might be arranged by author's name. Um, if not, they might be uh, arranged by title. I thought he might arrange them by price. Hmm. Yeah, they're, they're, all, they're all fairly pricey. Nothing, you haven't seen anything that says pricey uh, I mean, there's some like pricey older books that are first printings if they're in good shape. There's some expensive stuff, but nothing, nothing as expensive as the what was on uh, Mordecai's receipt. Okay. So is nothing from? Uh, is there anything there from Golden Goblin Press? Mm, able to you, find? Don't, you don't see any Golden Goblin books really on on this shelf. Um, it's it's just all all kinds of different things. Okay. Different publishers. And I, I'm like going that. to be specifically looking for Golden Goblin books. Okay. I'll, but I'll, I'll look. I'll look at all the other stuff too. Cause... Yeah, I'll do the same. Yeah. I'm also looking at some of the stuff that might sell in my shop too. Yeah. Well, you you could sell. You feel like you could sell almost anything on these shelves. You know, would 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 be in not out of place in your shop. All kinds of, I guess, what you would call occult books or occult tomes. Um, Nothing here that, uh, you know, out of, out of character, I'd refer to as mythos tomes or anything like that, though. Um, okay. uh, is anybody looking at the artwork? I'll, I'll check. I'll, I'll look at some of the artwork. Does he have any other statuary besides the, the one that's off limits? There's a few. There's a shelf with some different sculptures. It's mostly books and paintings. There are a few items. There's, you know, some, uh, some other, like, like figurines and things like that. Um, that are on the shelf, almost like they're more uh, sculpt little sculptures. 
and again, like all, all of this stuff, you're, you're thinking, how much could I sell this for? You know, like if yeah. you bought it, could you sell it at a profit or like, that's kind of where your mind's going. You know, if you're thinking about putting this in the shelves in your store, it's like, well, you know, am I, would I be paying more for it here than they could sell it for? Is it worth it? Should I try and buy yeah. something? What, what, what's the price tags? I mean, I'm, I'm imagining he has price tags on these things. What are they selling for? There could be things here anywhere from, from, from $20, you know, around $20, pretty expensive for the time still, but nothing yeah. and, and all the way up to, you know, maybe a hundred dollars for, for, okay. and then the, the artwork, very expensive. Okay. I might purchase a couple of figurines. Um, and if it, you know, maybe I'll pick up like one, something that's really unique <clears throat> and um, see if it will sell it at my shop or anybody would notice it. Uh, Rose, are you checking out the art? No, I'm mostly just looking at the books. Uh, I, I will also pick out a few books that I think will will look good in a special section of my bookshop, Michael's bookshop. Okay. Um, Remy and, and John Jerry, what are you, are you guys thinking about Leon? Are you looking around? Are you? Yeah, I guess I'm. I'm going to try and engage um, Santos in conversation, so I lead off with something to the effect of. Santos, you surprised me. I, I, I thought you were a religious man. Look at these paintings. Ah, well, uh, you know, it's, what can I say? Business. That's all this is to you? Just, just business? No personal interest in these things? Yeah, you know, people, uh, uh, people come shop at my store from all around the world. Is uh, uh, you know these uh, these uh, rich people, these people that are into uh, uh, the shall we say the the odd, the esoteric things that uh, I might not have a whole lot of personal interest myself, but I have found a, a certain niche clientele. Uh, French Quarter rent, as you know, Remy, is not cheap. Uh, we uh, we do what we do to get by in business, no? No, of course. But is that what brought Waitley to your store? Interest in? Uh in these artifacts so at this point he, you know he's he, his face and as you guys have been talking has been more serious than you've ever seen it before because normally it's just kind of jovial and goofy he's been a little bit more serious and now he just goes bone serious and he says gentlemen let's uh he's like i'm, I'm glad you bought some uh, some of your friends are here to shop clearly you are not so let's just speak plain why the interest in mordecai wetley who is he to you Mordecai Truth. Waitley is a member of the Waitley family. I'm, of this I'm, I'm aware. I'm well familiar with them uh, from Massachusetts. I was Are you a Waitley? What's that? Are you a Waitley professor? I am not. But uh, most of the people in academic circles associated with Miskatonic University are well aware of the Waitleys and what they are interested in. I have in my possession a book that he obtained from you called Unausprechlich in Kulten, um, which is a notoriously dangerous book, but mild compared to what I might suspect might be in your bookcase there. Uh, this book you speak of, it comes from this special collection. Yes. Um, there is one- I'll show book, it to you. There is, I've, I, I possess the book, I've been reading it. 
Um, I'm a brave man. Uh, there's a book that I don't suspect you have here because it's rarer still. Um, let's get down. You say let's be plain about this. We will be plain. In order to accuse anyone of the murder of Mordecai Wakely, we would have to have evidence. And if that evidence is of a supernatural nature, we're screwed. There's nothing that we can do about it. And my suspect that this, I suspect at this point, there's nothing that we can do about it. We think that Mr. Waitley was very interested in procuring your uh, Nina Negra. The special girl. And you, uh, you made the statement a few moments ago that she doesn't like to be touched. Mr. Waitley had a local um, potter create five reproductions of your statue there. He took covert photographs of it while he was in your shop. And four of those statues have been recovered. The fifth one is missing. Are you sure that that is your original? The, uh, he was to replace it. The, uh, I see the amateur detective squad has put uh, most of these pieces together. Is uh, what the professor says true, uh, Detective Sanderson? You're here to gather evidence, possibly make an arrest tonight. We don't think that there's that one evidence can we get. The little statue attacked and killed a man. They'll laugh at us. Well, here's what I will tell you to be true. Before you begin, if Mordecai Waitley was attempting to steal something from your shop, and as a result, he was killed, that could be construed as self-defense or uh, you're protecting your own shop. And I don't think that that's necessarily a crime. But John Jerry is the, uh, the expert. You know what I was going to say. My good friend is right. Um, you know, if Mordecai was was stealing them with you, and, and something happened in self defense, that's uh, that's not your fault. Maybe you didn't want the fact that you have such a shop to become known, so it was more convenient to throw him out the window. Well, I'll tell you like this, friends. There was certainly self defense involved, but it was not for me. Indeed, the, the night of Mordecai Whiteley's death, I was not even here that night. So, um, But here's what I'll tell you to be true. These Whiteleys, they're trash. They're trash wherever they are. They're trash in Massachusetts. They're trash when they come to New Orleans. They're trash in Dunwich when they mess with forces they don't understand. They're trash when they come to New Orleans to tangle with forces they don't understand. Mordecai, he came to New Orleans to visit the shop. He saw my Nina. He wanted to buy her. He pulls out his bag of gold. I told him I am not interested in his gold. She is not for sale. She's from my personal collection. Everything else in this shop you see is for sale. Everything has a price. Not my Nina Negra. Mordecai then 
has she planned to steal her? He breaks into my shop when I'm not here. He gets up. He tries to replace the statue. Anina defended herself. He tries to jump out the window. Manina followed him out the window. There's us down there. Wrong place, wrong time, as they say, in your line of work, Detective Sanderson. So he had no actual connection to the prostitutes and the man. They were just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Unfortunate. The good people of the French Quarter, the working people of the French Quarter, three dead because this man feels like he's selfish. He has to have what he wants. Just like they wrecked that town in Massachusetts all those years ago. Shameful. Would you be surprised if we completely believe that? It, it, it answers all of our questions. And like I said, there's not really anything that we can do about it. Would you like to see? Would we like to see what? How my Nina defend herself. We mean you no harm at this point. No, it's okay, my friend. I, I show you. We no, don't no. intend to harm you in any way, please. We're stealing. No theft here? I mean, we're not going to tell anybody anything. Nobody would believe us anyway. And if we go missing, there will be investigations. It's okay. If, I, uh, if uh, you were missing, who would buy all the books in Miss Noble's arms, right? Absolutely. <laughs> 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 you go on <laughs> and I suspect too that your friend there Mr. Muerto is not what he appears to be either as you know in Spanish one, one, and you're a professor of linguistics certainly you know Juan Muerto means John Death and it's true master so now you know what fate befell Mordecai Watley why blame the cougar? Well, I had to blame someone. If you see my Nina Negra in her true form, I offered to show you, but you don't want to see. I didn't what? say that. I just said that we don't want to be killed. <laughs> you, you can tell be. us that she's not going to kill us. No, you won't be killed. I'll show you. One uh, Murto. Lock the front door. Don't let no one else in. Oh, uh, yeah. We kind of back, back away. He, he heads down the, the stairs. And then you see, um, he says, I, I need a negro. Come out and play. And you, you see the statue at the top of the bookcase now. And it starts to swirl when like a, like a mist. And it, it sort of, the statue doesn't move. But the figure, like the figure within actually comes, comes to life. Like a genie coming out. Yeah. Like a genie coming out. Yep. And, uh, and so you, what you see is like this, this black goblin that kind of like jumps down to the floor and then transforms again into a panther. <gasps> okay, we're all sort of, sort of pinned back. Make I'm hugging my books. We're actually seeing real magic happen. 17 out of 80. I failed. 93. <laughs> 62 made it. I say, wow, that is impressive. Um, Alicia, did you pass her? Yeah, yeah, I, I got a uh, 
17 out of 80. Okay. Uh, Alicia, why don't you take one sanity damage? Mm -hmm. You haven't seen everything that the rest of these guys have seen. Who has failed? Did anyone fail the sanity? I failed, but no, 93. Okay, if you failed, take 1d4. That's not so bad. I guess we've gotten so anewed to the weird stuff. I took three, so that hurts. Three. Now, so the panther actually starts to walk towards you, Remy. So, like, you're you're really shook. So you're you're backing off, freaking out a little bit. The panther actually comes around and will will rub up against and like brush up against like like a kitty does uh, to Rose and Alicia and kind of the rest of you guys. She'll actually come like visit. And, and I, I like, will stop just short of reaching to pet it. <laughs> this is a this and this is a full grown panther. It is intense. Uh, what you just saw is like the statue kind of come to life, turn into a goblin, and then turn into a panther. So like you are pretty tripped out, especially given the surroundings. Um, uh, Santos says the, uh, the, the statue, uh, I, I, I was not lying when I said I, I, I do not know quite how old it is. Uh, my Nina Negra lives in the statue. Uh, uh, it used to uh, imprison her, but I was able to break the spell on the statue to, to free her. When Mordecai came in to steal the statue, it was merely Manina Negra defending herself. Uh, she comes to life, uh, Watley jumps out the window, and Nina Negra jump out after him. And in her, in her rage uh, at his crime, uh, killed everyone around her. And this detective, Sanderson, is the solution to your murder investigation? Well, I, I had to, I had to uh, plant this. I had to plant the idea with uh, Detective uh, Beauregard that it was a escaped cat from the zoo to take uh, suspicion off of my Nina. See, I was going to say they were pretty taken with that. Plus, with the tracks too, it does make sense now. Let's see that old cat at the zoo. Cat in the zoo. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see, you feel bad for that poor cat at the zoo. We could barely stand up. It was so old. Um, at least nothing happened to it. Well, we are amazed and terrified and really surprised. But can we see what's in the, the case with the stained glass windows? <laughs> I got cash. <laughs> So he, 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 he takes a, a key off his ring and he, he unlocks the, you know, the locked panel and he slides open this um, uh, sliding doors. And now you see, you recognize the spines of the Golden Goblin books and you see this case is full of them. Um, and, and as you guys just kind of like pile on to start looking at these books, um, there's a, a couple books that are called the Zanthu tablets that are about $70. There's four more copies of Nameless Cults. Um, there's uh, a few more copies of the Revelations of, of Holly. Um, there's a, a few copies of a book called Visions from Yadith um, that are priced at $100. Um, there's uh, a the, couple copies. In the actually old tomes? Um, yeah, so those are the, the Golden Goblin books. And um, there's, some, uh, there's other books in there as well. There's um, uh, a couple copies from different eras, it seems, of, of a book called People of the Monolith. And then he says, and then my, 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 uh, my, 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 there's, uh, he says, my, my 
prized possession other than my Nina. And there's a set of 13 volumes that are, that are numbered 1 through 13 uh, called Revelations of Glocky. And then the other thing you see at, at the very bottom, uh, of course, there's a, a copy of uh, Lady Don't Fall Backwards uh, <laughs> by the incomparable Darcy Sarto. And he says, and then my other prized possession, and it's a manuscript of an unpublished sequel called Lady I'm On Your Side. Shout out to Nick. Well, I will definitely be taking at least one of those home with me. So your, your, your brain is just spinning seeing all these books. You don't know like what these are, but you're thinking of like, like what is this stuff? What kind of, you know, just based on the experience you've had with the book that you've been reading at home the last couple of days, you're thinking about, um, uh, you're thinking about like, what could this mean for the Green Crescent Society? You're also might even be like, like, what do we do with this place? You know? Like where does this where does this fit now? Uh, like I say, he hasn't done anything illegal. He's done something extremely unpopular with the church, and probably the common man. But well, now we were saying that this is really just a recon mission. We have the answers to what happened. Well, we do. We can't tell anybody. We'll just let it slide off as a mystery we can't solve. Sadly, if have, if when he have, hears you say, "When he hears you say we can't tell anybody," he says, oh, "My friends, now this is an important part of our conversation tonight. Is this place? This cannot be public knowledge, detective. You you cannot report this back to your department." Okay, sounds good. I agree with this. You know what? People shouldn't be exposed. I think to this. this has to be. I'm going to say this has to be kept a secret, no secret. And, uh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to say the biggest cause, you know, for this whole thing was the wheelie. So, oh, look, he's got a copy of the Nine Gates in the Kingdom of Shadows. Excellent. He's <laughs> hmm. hoping for a copy of De Vermis Mysteries. Maybe I, maybe I place a special order for you. I can get uh, uh, most things. Gentlemen and ladies, I think that I'm satisfied that uh, I would much rather use this as a resource. Yes. For uh, than. Uh, I was hoping. Who, you would we, say who that. do we turn in? Mister Mister Santos was not even. Well, we can't turn in Nina Negro. I mean, John Jerry. Jad Jerry needs to try and put cuffs on the panther. Yeah. <laughs> and as you say that, the panther goes. Don't yeah. <laughs> no, no, talk about the one at the zoo. <laughs> you have our you have our silence. And it says, and I, I tell you what, we have our business as well. Well, my business as well. And he says, I, I tell you what, is a um, gesture of good faith. I. I uh, change uh, Officer uh, Beauregard's mind on Congo to Cougar. Okay. Sanderson, it will be up to you to figure out then how to close this case. Are there any like cougars that live in the in the bayou? No water cats. cats. Or we let them. Mountain lions. 
or we let them kill Congo. It's up to you. Well, we can convince yeah. them that Congo couldn't have possibly done it. Uh, but then... I think they're pretty convinced of that already. You can just let it go, and there's it'll be a mystery nobody ever can figure out. I think, do you know what, uh, after after investigating Congo, I think this will just be dragged down and filed under... Uh, what I was going to say, like unsolved, like an unsolved case. Yeah. I think I can drag this out long enough. And... Uh, you let them kill Congo. Congo's at the end of his life anyway. He's probably miserable. Actually, it might be a kindness to... To put Congo up. But um, I don't know. I think maybe we should just back out of the whole thing and just tell them. Yeah. Yeah. That we, that we we can't find any evidence for anything that went on, and we'll just leave it like that. The thing is, I don't want to do anything with with Congo as much as it could be a scapegoat, but then we'll cause you know, cause problems with the zoo. But uh, I think this can just be left a mystery. We'll we'll handle it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Well, in that case, uh, he will. You you will see Nina Negra dissolve, and the mist kind of floats back up to the statue. He will sell you your purchases, whatever you want to buy that you can afford. You can. Um, he wraps it up. It smells like lavender. And Warren Murto shows you to the door. Well, I, I I say one final thing to him, sort of. Privately, as the others are looking around and looking at their stuff, I say, "Oh, I say, um, I read, write, and speak multiple languages. Um, perhaps we can go into a translation business of our own. Uh, you up to publish some of these texts that are not available from Golden Goblin Press in yeah. languages?" Uh, let's talk about it more. I'm always uh, looking for uh, business. And he says, and then he says to you, he says, uh, you, uh, you mentioned being from uh, Massachusetts yourself, uh, Professor uh, Miskatonic, yes? I was born here. I was educated in Miskatonic at, uh, in, in Massachusetts. And uh, now I'm back. Well, uh, should you find yourself uh, back visiting, uh, he leans and he says, uh, do give uh, Professor Armitage my regards. I know him well. And with that, he'll show you guys the door. All right. All right. So, um, uh, the next uh, the next day, uh, John Jerry, uh, the Detective Lagrasse will uh, he'll call for you. Uh, he'll call you at, at home and, and ask you guys to come over for a for an update. Okay. Okay. So I assume that you guys will do that. Yeah. I'll get in touch with everybody set up a time. And... I'm not sure. Yeah, let's talk about this before we go. <laughs> I'm not sure that we're going to tell him everything. Um, but we can tell him that our, that our investigation has come to a dead end. Yeah. Um, I don't think we should, we should mention, you know, anything about the... Yeah. I was going to say we don't want to... Coming back on us as well. So we could tell him that it's an ongoing investigation that we'll continue to look into yeah. it, but <laughs> everything's going cold. Yeah. Okay. And it definitely wasn't that cat. 
at the yeah. Poor so Congo. Says, so he lets you know that you know the the there'll, there'll be more work to do for the the Green Crescent Society, and that uh, that he he uh, it looks forward to spending more time with you in the future and and uh, doing some investigating with you uh, at the appropriate time, and as does uh, Monsieur De La Rey. Excellent. All right. All right. So um, that kind of I'm going to have a kind of a campaign epilogue for you guys, uh, but that brings us to the end of part three of this trilogy of scenarios. Fantastic. We all want to move to New Orleans, at least for a little while. So any questions on uh, any of the events? I mean, you guys pretty much put it all together and then he kind of filled in, in the blanks. Um, there's a few different ways that that scenario could have went. You could have rolled in hot, uh, which probably wouldn't have been a good idea because it would have meant fighting the three of them, uh, Nina Negra, Juan Marto, and, uh, and Santos. Um, so there's a, you know, part of this investigation is not only solving the mystery, but deciding, uh, you know, what, what to do about it once you have it all figured out. Um, well, what, uh, is my assessment right that you guys agree that they're not really doing anything illegal? Not at yeah, all. I was trying to decide if like there was some poetic justice to be had, but it's like Waitley's dead, good riddance, and the yeah, only other man. three, yeah, the only three people we could potentially feel better for, bad for was the collateral damage, but none of us seemed to have a sense of poetic justice, so <laughs> we all just kind of let that roll. Yeah, except for Congo. And yes. the fact that the guy was a poet, Remy. That's true. He said poet. The poet will. The poet will make me have a, a, a sleepless night or two, but that will be the extent of it. What? Uh, what is? Well, as long as it doesn't ruin anything for the future. What is uh, Juan Merta? Uh, you that you're not quite sure of. Okay. Yeah. Uh, definitely, it seems like there's more to, to Santos than. You know, because he mentioned he did plant the suggestion that that Congo was to blame. That's why everybody was so gung ho, particularly those two cops on killing Con Congo. Santos planted su the suggestion that it was an escape animal from the zoo, that it was Congo, to take the suspicion off of him. So clearly, there's more to him than just being a businessman. Yeah. Um, How could he see through my disguise? It was flawless. <laughs> yeah, we, Santos knows things. All right, so um, campaign epilogue. So um, time goes by, and this is actually going to be a three-part epilogue. Uh, a little bit of time goes by. Um, it might be weeks. It might be months. doesn't really matter, but we go back to where all this started on Rampart Street. Um, uh, music comes out the, out the bars and the speakeasies, and the jazz is hopping on Rampart Street. Down in the Orleans on Rampart Street. We love to hear the band with the mambo beat. And a man sits on the stoop and he's finishing off the last of his bottle for the night. And he hears somebody coming his way and he says, uh, excuse me there, uh, but I can tell you where you got your shoes. And he says, oh, uh, you ain't even wearing no shoes. And he says, those are, those sure are some hairy feet. And Bo Willie looks up and his eyes go huge. And he says one word, Rougarou. We fast forward again. Detective Lagrasse shows up at the Tulane campus into the dormitories. 
the chancellor says, ah, this way, detective. And McGrath says, thank you for calling me. He says, what do we got? He says, you just got to see this. So he takes them up a couple floors and they walk into a dorm room and there's two uh, dead bodies that are sitting in, in chairs. McGrath goes up and he takes a look and, he, and, and the chancellor says, look, look at their mouths. McGrath takes one of them by the chin, opens his mouth, and you notice that both of them have black tongues. Now, McGrath doesn't see this, but meanwhile, Professor Fontenot's favorite student, Walter Resnick, is climbing down the window to the ground. Uh, Sanderson uh, looks at the other guy that's, uh, not uh, Sanderson, but uh, McGrath looks at the other uh, police officer that's with him. He says two words, call Sanderson. We fast forward again a little bit. This time we're at Blaine Kern's Mardi Gras world, a huge warehouse in Algiers Point where they put together the Mardi Gras floats. Um, all the decoration design is done there. But this time it's the middle of night and there's a gathering and a man stands on top of, of a float and he says, Mardi Gras is the greatest free show in the world, but this year it's gonna be the last. And then everybody in the crowd raises their arms. And you're not there, but if you was, you would notice the figure of Marcel Bousseau, who was speaking the first words that he spoke in months. And he says the same words as everybody else in the crowd. And it's three words. And they say, I'll say together, hail the king. And that is the end of season one of Crescent City Nights, my friends. Outstanding. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Our players included Joshua Hoot, Kim Smeltzer, Wayne Worthy, Greg Malcolm, and myself, Kurt LeBlanc, as Keeper of the Secrets. The music we've been using is entitled Save My Soul by Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. They're kind enough to let us use it with their, with their permission, and I've put a link to it, their YouTube channel in the description below. A little longer. We're currently producing four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to become a patron, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel for updates on our latest shows, and leave us some comments we love hearing from you. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming. Holy